Oh, hi. Hello, everyone. I just wanted to make a little disclaimer at the top of this episode that I do not own the rights to any of these songs that you're going to hear today. Um, This is just for fun. I am not making any money off of this, so please don't sue me. Especially you, Disney. (laughs) Uh, Okay, hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today is a super duper special guest. It's episode 100, and he finally said yes to coming on. He is a New York City-based performer, and he wrote all the theme songs and jingles for this podcast and my other podcast, Movie Deja Vu. It's Nick Bombasino, everyone. Hello. You hear me thank him after every single episode. <laughs> he's finally here. Hello. And it's episode 100, so you know what that means. It's a milestone. I love milestones. So we're breaking whatever uh, <laughs> formula that I have to do something a little different. You know, figure yeah. And what better way to talk about theme songs with the guy that wrote the that I that I made write the themes on my podcast. <laughs> I'm qualified. So trust for, me. First and foremost, do you write for yeah. other people, or is it only just me? Am I am I your only client? <laughs> <laughs> my only client. I do a lot of acapella arranging. That's mostly what I do. Um, but I have you know composing sort of peaks its head in and out. Like there was a couple years where I was writing some songs for some Shakespeare companies, or I did the music for one show. Um, I scored uh, something for, uh, it was called The Ghost um, years back. That was a mashup of the Scottish play and Hamlet and some other little bits and pieces. Um, And then I've done some stuff recently and I'm going to be writing some, actually uh, another podcast theme song and then rewriting another one. And so like, it's kind of popping up more these days, but- you cheating on me? Yes. I'm poly uh, polyphonic. I mean, that's already a word. So uh, (laughs) polyamorous with your composing. Yes. So what is a theme song? I mean, I have a Wikipedia definition (laughs) up here, but like when you think of a theme song for a podcast or in this case, like a TV show or even like in movies, like Mm -hmm. how would you define it? I mean, uh, (sighs) I would say that a theme song is a short, catchy piece of music. Well, I'll take that catchy because that's that's unfair. It's a short piece of music that sets the tune or the tone, rather, for what you're about to see. And it should be identifiable. 
and it should be you know they they were sort of designed to be catchy and to stick in people's minds because then you would think of the tune and you know it's another way to to lock something into your brain just like a commercial jingle um <laughs> so i mean that's what i think a theme tune should be what does wikipedia think a theme tune should be so according to wikipedia theme music is a musical composition that is often written specifically for radio programming television shows video games or films and is usually played during the title sequence opening credits closing credits and in some instances at some point during the program the purpose of a theme song is often similar to that of a leitmotif leitmotif mm-hmm. a leitmotif a leitmotif and that is a short reoccurring musical phrase the phrase theme song or signature tune may also be used to refer to a signature song that has become especially associated with a particular performer or a dignitary often used as they make an entrance i need you now to create a signature tune for me so i can just play it every time i walk into a room can we discuss already my favorite example of this in history both both uh i'm i'm including uh real life and fictional life um an example of this in what i will strive to compose for you is the equivalent thereof but it wasn't obviously composed specifically for this but if we hearken back to parks and rec when they play get on your feet for leslie nope when she enters for her councilwoman races that is one of the funniest scenes in any show ever when they're walking across that ice and they run out of carpet for i don't know if you haven't seen it just good god watch that you haven't oh my it's it's some of oh jesus they're they're in like heels and regular shoes and people are falling and they're like walking because they they schedule the rally for her at instead of uh they have to reschedule it for a hockey rink and they thought that the basketball court was going to be down but the hockey rink was down instead so it was ice so they build a tiny little platform in the middle of the rink and they don't have enough carpet to get all the way across. So they just keep playing, get on your feet over and over while they're falling over. And um, she's cl- <laughs> it's just uh, anyway. So, yeah, I'll, I'll write you a, a, a jingle. Yes. That I can just play forever. <laughs> forever. <laughs> forever. Any room you enter. Every time I enter every. Well. I mean, I don't think I'll do it by myself. I need to do it for for the people. I mean, you know, dance like nobody's listening, right? So do it if you want to. So for this podcast theme song, intro song, I we collaborated. Yeah, I mean, we wrote this one together. This, I mean, you know, the other one for Deja Vu, I mean, you sent me a little voice note and was like, this and then i wrote something and then this one we we did kind of collaborate because a lot of that stuff i mean we 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 wrote that together and then i reorchestrated it and then and and then you're like you have to sing it and i went shit okay it was right it was not right for me to sing it it was you know (laughs) i did record a little the little harmonies in the background which Um, i died laughing the first time i heard it now that i have to hear it every time i'm like oh it was still it's still funny kind of but like that first time it was I mean, it was, like, I'm glad to hear because I was channeling Cecily Strong and Kristen Wiig uh, and Amy Poehler. <laughs> oh, wait, was it Cecily or was it Amy Poehler and Maya Rudolph in that SNL skit? With the, it was the one where they, where Kristen Wiig has the tiny hands and they're, they're like the siblings. They're making fun of the Ed Sullivan show. Yeah. 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 Um, I think and it's, I'm it's, Judy. Yeah, 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 that yeah. one. 
Yes, it's it's Cecily. Yeah, it is Cecily. Yeah. Cecily, okay. yeah. I feel like that's a lot of these people, like, uh, you know, with TV shows, I, I think it's a little different because mm-hmm. I don't think the creator may have an idea as to what kind of theme song they want. Because I'm looking at a lot of the... so. I had people write in suggestions as well as I wrote down some, some of my own. And it looks like a lot of the theme songs that are coming across weren't necessarily like written by the creator of the show, Mm -hmm. but some of them were created by like the music supervisor or the one that composed all the music for the show. Some of them were just for the title itself that I come Mm -hmm. across. And very rarely were there pre-existing songs that were then appropriated but some of some of the ones we're going to talk about today do fall under that category um which is interesting so i kind of want to just like break it down by decade because i feel like a decade there's a different vibe in terms of like what a theme song should be Mm -hmm. so for it all right so the earliest ones that i wrote down was i love lucy it was written by elliot daniel lyrics later Uh, written by Harold Adamson Mm -hmm. because I know that in the show Desi Arnaz does sing the theme song at some point to Lucy but that's one where it's no lyrics but like you still kind of get like a vibe for what the show is yeah yeah very much so yeah um I mean it's it because it's sort of transitioning out of the time when there were a lot of jingles and music written to be like underneath a a voiceover or something where it's like, and welcome to the blah, 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 you know? Mm -hmm. So like, you didn't want to have lyrics then. So it was, you know, still setting the tune. Although in the, I love Lucy, you know, that, that I can think of, I don't think they had uh, a voice intro for that, but in my head, I can imagine it. Um, I mean, I know, I I know of watching, I love Lucy on TV land. So I don't know if they edited or anything, but I don't know either. So do we need to listen to it or you? Yeah, let's, I mean, we don't need to listen to it, but. So that is the opening theme from. 1951 apparently this youtube video is two minutes and 34 seconds from of opening and closing theme songs from the whole run it seems like cool so yeah because they do make changes you know to theme songs and that's something we'll talk about with some other ones too over the years um i've noticed that but that's the one that i feel like everyone notices it's the big band it kind of gives you like a vibe going yeah even if you don't know what the show is about, you kind of get a feel for it because it, I mean, it's, it's very much of a time with that particular kind of instrumentation and it ends in the kind of way that you would think a movie credits, you know, like the MGM and like, you know, it ends with a fanfare. So it kind of sets it in that time. But what's also cool about it is it's a show about this like classic, you know, well, it's black and white, but redhead, um, you know, uh, until it's colorized, but um, and you know she marries this Cuban performer, and in the theme song, there's a very kind of Cuban backbeat underneath it with like a little bit of, you know, like that kind of percussion that's kind of driving it along, and then it's contrasted with you know the sort of sweeping, sweeping strings and you know kind of wind that you might expect in like a classic movie. So it's kind of 
quite literally their marriage themselves. It's really interesting, though, because we get more of an idea of who Desi's character is, uh, Ricky Ricardo, rather than the titular character of Lucy Ricardo. Because, yeah. you know, we get the, like you mentioned, he's Cuban. He plays in a band and it's kind of big bandy a la the song. Now we're listening to it and kind of thinking about it. I get more of like who Ricky is rather than Lucy. Right. Which is fair because he, you know, the title is I love Lucy. So true. That is what Ricky says. You know? True. And then later in the show, like I said, at some point he does perform it where the lyrics are along the lines of I love Lucy and she loves me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do the rest of them, and that one I tried so hard not to do in rhythm. <laughs> it was, it's re- but it's really fascinating that that is probably the earliest show we have on this on this episode, and it's not with lyrics. Mm-hmm. We had someone write in on on my on Instagram at Jamie Ooh. Angel Garbino. Uh, there's underscores in there. She suggested Mr. Ed theme song, Mm. which I never watched the show, but I know the theme song and I'm pretty sure it has lyrics. It did eventually. It didn't originally. This is um, one of the, I know like weird and random trivia about some of the songs we're talking about today. So this is one that I do know they originally wrote it without it. And then the composer begrudgingly sang the lyrics to it because they were going to be, he was like, uh, fine, you know, I'll do it until we find somebody else to do it. And then they just used his track. Um, and this is and Jay Livingston. You're talking yeah, about the, Jay yeah. Livingston. And I don't think they used, I don't think they ever re-recorded it after that. I'm pretty sure they just used his vocals. Um, but originally at the very beginning, I think they didn't have it in there. Which now yeah. that I'm thinking about it, I may have put it in the wrong era. I don't know if the show, I think the show end, started in 1959, maybe. Oh, nope. It started in 1958. So, but nope, I lied. I'm lying profusely. Apparently it started in 61, but it's still getting that like vibes of, er, of earlier television. So let's. Yeah. When I think about Mr. Ed, I feel like it's older than that. Because oh, it um, started in black and white and then it transitioned to color later because it lasted well, yeah. basically the entire 60s. From yeah. What I see. So let's listen to a random one I found on YouTube. Cool. Hello. I'm Mr. Red. A horse is a horse, of course, of course, and no one can talk to a horse, of course, that is, of course, unless the horse is the famous Mr. Ed. Go right to the source and ask the horse, he'll give you the answer that you endorse. He's always on a steady course. Talk to Mr. Ed. So that one, (laughs) that has lyrics to it. It does. And that gives you what the show basically is. You're yeah. about you're about to watch a show about a talking horse named Mr. Ed. The yeah. end. Done. Yeah. So that that is what I feel like theme songs would become, where it's like you are getting a sense of like what the show is in 30 seconds. Yeah. And I mean it's what's interesting is uh, you know, we'll see as they evolve over time, is it it starts out quite literal. Um, like a lot of these theme songs, not all of them, but a lot of them are 
literal descriptions of what you're about to see you know like it's got the name of the show in it and you know they don't always but this is one where you know exactly what it yeah exactly what it is i just think it's funny because knowing that about that song i've like when listening to it again it's like i just you can hear the poor guy being like i don't want to sing this song i'm just gonna do it to scratch it wait until it's filled you know and it's like (laughs) you can definitely oh that's a nice parody that you just did that we don't have to pay rights for uh but uh, yes i i agree with you that you could definitely tell it's like (laughs) i'm not putting my effort into this because i don't give a shit because i'm under contract a lot of things were done because people were under contract which i love which we'll also get to some fun trivia later i i feel like i'm giving teasers but i don't know why oh Um, oh so let's jump into the 60s i mean i did have leave it to beaver but like i mean we could listen to it um okay, or we can skip it all right well let's listen fine. to leave it to beaver then since, all right, let's, since i kind of just... mentioned it leave it to beaver starring barbara billingsley hugh beaumont tony dow and jerry mathers as the beaver so that's so yeah that's interesting because it's, mr ed and this one as well as other shows that we'll probably come across had a little narration this one more specifically is reading the names that um i i had the visual and you saw the names and that was it, it that's exactly what i was talking about like with the i love lucy it's right around that time when that that was you know what you would be used to you know sometimes like on radio it plays on TV, you you would have the underscoring music and then an announcer telling you what you're watching and who you're watching. So that's exactly, but then I do know also uh, with Leave it to Beaver, eventually they, as they were doing, would write lyrics to it because that's what people were shifting to because it was moving out of that kind of old, older style, the, you know, the radio plays and all that kind of stuff into having a, an actual theme tune with lyrics. But this one was one of those ones that I think it was, what was it called? I think it was called like the toy, the toy parade, maybe the toy store, something like that. A Um, show or the the theme? No, the theme song was called something like that. Like it was, but I think it, I think it was written for Leave it to Beaver. Um, I I just saw that it was written by Dave Kahn, Melvin Leonard and Mort Green. I I didn't find a name of the song, but uh, hearing the underscoring to the person saying who's in the show it gives it a sense of fun and whimsy so you know you're in for a light show and i mean a lot of these theme songs were written by people like the music supervisor for the show or like contract and studio musicians and composers who you know they would sort of give them an an idea of what they wanted for it and then they would you know write something that kind of gave the idea but it is interesting that you know they weren't originally conceived with lyrics and then we get into what happens later so we already kind of delved into the 60s with mr ed but let's go further into it the andy griffith show i think Mm. is one of the last ones that doesn't have nope i lied to you um the andy griffith show and i dream of genie may be the last shows that don't have lyrics right away at least on my list that we've that i've compiled because the Andy Griffith show famously is whistling the yeah. and I, I dream of genie 
they tried with something. <laughs> <laughs> they tried to make it sound a, like a specific region. Here, let me. Uh... Yeah, they tried. Are we going to listen to it? Yeah. <laughs> So mm-hmm. I dream of genie as a show problematic. We're going to, let's just take that right now. Sure. Yeah. Cause and you bewitched. have a, well, cause Sorry. you have a, well, I dream of genie. Yeah. I dream of genie. You have a white woman playing a character that wouldn't be played by a white lady. I'm just going to state it right now. Um, granted it was also a different time, but I digress. This song yeah. goes with the, opening animation which again i had the visual unfortunately i'm sorry but mm-hmm. within the song itself like you he you see her dance to it because it has like a big band feel as well like similar to i love lucy but it's different type of music entirely well they try to give it a feel that is like exotic or you know but they i mean they don't but like they try you know if they they, they tried <laughs> i don't know they I mean, the rhythms are different and the you know the drums and and stuff but it's just like no it's, it's just really but, interesting though how it changes when you see the names because so yes. that's so th- uh within the theme you hear like I want to I want to call it an exhale from the bottle the the whooshing noises and that is it like producing the title and the actors names and everything. Uh, right. So not only do they have a theme song but they have a theme sound bite. Yeah. Yeah. Um and it's you know it I lump this in with bewitched um cuz I mean I know it just said bewitched but it's like it's of the same time. I think the shows were running at either the same time or, or close to it and yes. it's they they're in terms of the theme song it feels very similar i actually i don't know this i should I should look it up i mean we could or just we'll talk about it they feel like they're you know written by the same people i mean the shows are very similar um it's you know a genie and a witch and a husband you know or a man you know who's love interest and there's a lot of weird uncomfortable misogyny that does not age well in both of the shows. I did re- I did recently rewatch a fair amount of Bewitched, or basically what I could watch for free before they were charging me on Amazon. Um, and oh, there's true. just a lot of it that like just doesn't age well. Um, you know, oh, because yeah. it really is. I mean, there's a lot obviously that doesn't age well, but even it's like these. You know, there it's almost you know it's got like queer echoes too, where they're like trying to stop these people from being who they are, and they're trying to change themselves for somebody else when you know the magic saves the day anyway um and so, for I these do, theme songs 
So yeah. I.G. Bugini was, the theme was written by Buddy Kay and Hugo Montenegro. And Bewitched was the composed by Jack Keller and Howard Greenfield, which I am actually surprised that so far we haven't come across the same people composing something. Yeah. And I, I mean, I agree. I would agree with you that both I.G. Bugini and Bewitched have a similar vibe it's because i feel like they're going with like a fantastical element yeah uh, well you know, and they and- also the, yeah i mean both of the tunes are animated um in this in a similar style um yes. the theme songs um you know the flying in another broomstick coming out of a bottle you know she turns into a cat you know like in bewitched um you know so there's like magic and it's it's that it's a similar sort of like animation style um i mean this it's it's a little bit different but it does feel very similar um so but but in those cases it is like the theme song is no longer because where they're moving into tv what's interesting is to watch what happens with the you know which we can't do on podcast um watch what happens with the visuals because you don't have you know the theme tune before was all you had in radio and jingles and commercials and like even with i love lucy it's the tune but it's that static sort of cloudy heart thing where the you know names are written but then you start getting into like into these shows where it's full-on animated credits hell even Um, leave it to beaver was um it was sort of static but the camera still moved so like mm -hmm. you you went to like one placard, you physically moved the camera from one placard to another to say the names of people. So it wasn't really like that entertaining to watch it. Yeah. Um, but I feel like in the sixties, cause like even the Andy Griffith show, which we kind of talked about is just the whistle. There's still a visual to go with it where you see like the mm-hmm. town. You see the town, but it's also Andy Griffith is sort of in the middle because it's it still has the announcer um, who's still reading the names, um, I believe, uh, from what Uh, I remember. Sure. I think so. Maybe like the first season, because all I remember is the whistling. Well, yes. Yeah, because the whistle and the tune is called the fish and hole, which, you know, makes sense. Yeah. Um, So it but in later 60s. We're now, these are, these are write-ins from Shady, who Nick knows very well, who she's Mm -hmm. a host on Movie Deja Vu. She suggested the Brady Bunch because she's obsessed with that show. Music by uh, Frank DelVal and lyrics by creator Sherwood Schwartz. So now we're getting into something. This is, this is, this is something because at least on my list, this is the first time the show show creator is mm-hmm. writing the lyrics, and and you get, this is like quintessential theme song because you get who everyone is. Uh, they they sing it out for you, and they do. For those of you who don't know, Nick has made a sort of parody video of this. <laughs> I, I, I will never let it die. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, you know, I keep threatening to do more of those. But anyway, um, uh, yeah, no, I did uh, because it's just rife for that. Um, but it is, yeah, it, it's, it's, we're still in the land of this is a literal theme song talking quite literally about what we're doing and who we are. 
And it gives so. the first episode, basically, because uh, if, yeah. if memory serves, the pilot episode is the two families converging at the wedding yeah. of Frank and Carol, or Mike and Carol, Mike and Carol. Yeah. Ooh. Long names. Well, and that's sort of when, you know, and that is interesting that, you know, with I Dream of Genie and Bewitched and like that era of theme songs, it does kind of lay the groundwork for what starts to happen, like with this one. And we'll see it as we talk to, I know that there's some other ones on here on the list for as we move forward that absolutely do this. We're like, because they're sitcoms and you don't get establishing events every time in every episode but a lot of them depend upon knowing what's going like the history you have to have it sort of set up every show for what we're looking at because you know like for example with the brady bunch you can't have every show start out with an uh, an explanation that they were divorced they got married they're half siblings you know so it's like if you watch the theme tune, it sets you up for the world that you're in. And then you can jump in wherever they're jumping in. And it's sort of similar with, you know, Bewitched and, and I Dream of Genie, but that definitely happens. And, you know, um, it's told visually with things like Family Matters, which we'll talk about, you know, later. Well, and another one too would be Gilligan's Island. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Not on the list. Uh, Not on the list to talk about no. today. Surprisingly. No. But like, surprisingly, that's the one, that's the one that yeah. sets you up like, for those like newcomers that will come in like mid season or something, you bam, 30 second, you need a 30 second pitch to know what's happening. Watch the theme song of Gilligan's Island. And you know that these people are, were on a guy, a, a boat tour and got lost in a storm. Yeah. And now they're on an Island. And then yeah. they break down the characters as well. And let's also have a moment of silence for the love boat. Just to acknowledge the love okay that was good enough yeah i know exactly um but you know that's another one of those same thing and also boat themed um poor mary so the next time we do theme songs we should just do aquatic ones <laughs> um the professor so. and marianne marianne doesn't get a descriptive term it's just and marianne no but she plain you know that's like she's cute thing, though right? she's cute she's super cute but like that's all they give her is like you wear a bandana as a skirt you you know and that's about it um i know but, she didn't but like in my head everything she wore was made out of uh gingham um, oh, pro- probably probably uh, uh but um kind of the sort of the reverse we have can you tell me how to get to sesame street aka sunny day for mm-hmm. the show sesame street which doesn't really tell you what the show is because it's performed by a group called The Kids. I don't know if it, they meant like the kids of the show or anything. Uh, music by Joe Raposo and lyrics by John Snow. Nope. John Stone, Bruce Hart and Joe Raposo. Joe Raposo, welcome back. You've been on here before. You know, Sesame Street, if you've never watched the show, then you're a heathen. But Sesame Street is a very educational based show for kids. And the theme yeah. song doesn't mention a lick of that. No. Um, yeah, it doesn't. Um, and it, it is interesting because it is, you know, designed specifically for education. And you would think that they would take that as a teachable moment. But it's also just like, it's still, it sets the tune. We're sort of back to the whole theme song where it just like sets the mood. Because, you know, it's like, even if you've been having a bad day, 
you're here now on Sesame Street, and mm-hmm. you know it's like, and it's good, performed you know. and it's sung by children, so you know yeah. it's a children's program. But I want to say that, like, at least on the list that we have for today, which we're working through, everyone, um, <laughs> this would be like the first example of the lyrics have nothing to do with the show, right? But it's still the vibe. But we're also probably, I think, written as a piece. Like, I think this is one of those that was not like they wrote the music first and then added lyrics later. I'm pretty sure it was all like. Nope, it was all one. It was all in one go. And yeah. that's some of the earlier ones where that happens. This Brady and Brady Bunch. Yeah. We're probably, uh, at least on our example, there are so yeah. many shows that. There are so many. Yeah. That we could talk about, but that'll take days, weeks. Yeah. Another podcast, maybe. Uh, (laughs) But uh, Sesame Street actually started in 69. So that's like a good, and and I think Brady Bunch did too. So that's like a good transition into the 70s where I have written down from uh, from three different people suggestions. Um, All in the family. Those were the days. Mm, Yeah. Which surprisingly was written by charles strauss and lyrics by lee adams i didn't huh. know that I didn't so either. that's a but like that's another one where i don't even get a vibe from that from that song yeah and it's interesting because you don't really get these theme songs that don't give you necessarily a vibe but they like because they're treated as an opportunity to introduce the characters in a different way like with those were the days, I mean, you know, they're singing. it, So you meet them that way and you kind of get the idea that like, oh, this is a family. They're sitting around the piano, you know, and you've got Edith, you know, because um, it's, you know, it, but I mean, the one sort of hint that you get is that there's like a nostalgia for the good old days, which is basically the defining character, character trait of Archie Bunker, because like for, you know, and to be fair as problematic as RG Bunker was in many ways, he was also like at the same time way ahead of his time. But yeah. I mean, now I'm getting into talking about the character and not the song, because the song does say like, those were the days, you know, it's like, let's, let's think of those good old days when you're with your family around the piano. Mm, that sounds way too familiar right now. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> the song though, doesn't even mm-hmm. give you the character relationship because it come across that they're very loving and everything. And then you watch the show and you're like, Oh, you guys like do love each other, but it's not lovey dovey as the theme song. No, it's complicated. Yeah. Very complicated. But with this show spinoff, the Jeffersons, uh, we have moving on up, which was written by Jeanette Dubois, 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 Dubois and Jeff Barry performed by Jeanette Dubois and that one we're going back to what it was where you learn what is happening in the show yeah because but without being too literal I mean it is literal but it's also not you know what I mean it's like yes yes it's kind of a combination of like the all in the family theme song and what we're used to with like the Brady Bunch yeah where you kind of get an understanding as to where the characters are. It's like they're starting to trust people with being able to be abstract and poetic, but not 
enough to not tell them anything you know where it's like i keep thinking of later examples like the one that keeps popping into my mind is family matters which will i think is on the list to get to later um but it's like these songs are sort of painting a picture without saying like Brady Bunch, it holds you by the hand and says, here's a story about this man. His, this is his name. He marries his wife. The, they, they have these kids yes. versus, you know, the, the Jefferson theme song where it's like moving on up to the East side, finally got a piece of the pie. It's like telling you what's happening, but it's not holding you by the hand. Um, and, su- and surprisingly, and this is not on the list. It's kind of like the monkeys theme song. Mm. Where the mon- it's them the th- monkeys theme song hey hey we're the monkeys is telling you, you know we're this band we're kind of kooky, but it's not like I'm Peter I'm this I'm that you know like right. we're starting to like get the idea of like the show as a whole rather than like the elevator pitch if you will right. rather than like being spoon fed it by either narration with like earlier shows or the lyrics that were then later added yeah thank you lauren and shady for suggesting those but that uh, brings us to the muppet show which we should listen to we haven't listened to some of these i just want to listen to the muppet show it makes me happy every time it's the muppet show with our very special guest star mr steve martin They change it a little bit um, per episode because obviously Kermit introduces a different person at the beginning and I don't remember the gag at the end being the same every time. Right. This is another one where you're getting the vibe of the show. Well, and you know, because it's the Muppet show is designed to be like an homage to you know vaudeville and you know all of those old kind of variety shows which were starting to fall out by that point you know which is where a lot of these tv shows got their start like if you think about like some of the earliest tv programs it was things like jack benny and you know like burns and allen and you know like some of that stuff was some of the earlier tv programs um that would that would be regular episodes and they were sketches and guest stars and you know and that's what the Muppet show was and their theme song kind of does that and what's interesting is it ends in a very similar way to the I Love Lucy one where it's like you know a big note and it's held bump you know like with trumpets and stuff so it's it's hearkening back to that which is really great and it introduces you to all the Muppets because each group sings a little chunk and you know you you get the main tertiary secondary Muppets um, who I call like A string Muppet, B string Muppet, C string Muppet. With the Muppet Show and other variety shows, I feel like the Muppet Show is the one that I that stands out. Like SNL has been on since 1975, right? Mm-hmm. 
I, I cannot tell you what the themes. I can't hum you the theme song because it does have a theme song. If you think about it, where they go back to what Leave It to Beaver was doing, where it's it's the band playing. I think the band plays live every night during the. I've wondered about that actually because I I know that they're there and they're playing. I never actually know if they play the 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 theme song live every night or not. I would like to think they do, but I don't know. It seems like they would play it yeah. because you never know like who's going to be in the cast that night and you had to you, like you probably don't have it all pre-recorded. Right. Like you have this stock imagery pre-recorded of the cast. Yeah. But you have to add in, you know, with your host, musical yeah. guest. Yeah, I mean, it's got, and you know, part of it is because it's always like background music, but it's it's got like what you think about with SNL is the tenor saxophone because it always starts off with a right, you know that the wailing saxophone, yeah, and then but you know, like it's always got that kind of like groove to it, and it hasn't really changed, um, in at least a long time. I don't know what it was when the show started. But. I feel I feel like, you know, throughout the years, maybe they changed the underscoring a little bit, but I feel like we still get that blaring saxophone. Yeah, you kind of have to. If Especially they these that, I days. Know. I know, it's true. But now we're getting into the 80s. Mm. The 1980s. And all of these suggestions that were brought were brought to my attention are very different from well, each other so, so was the so was the entire decade the yes so okay i want to let's start with the golden girls brought, oh, let's, brought to yes. my attention by at jen Melito on instagram and uh, we're not going chronologically in the 80s it sounds like nope, right i'm just bouncing okay. around love it so this is an instance where they pick a song which I think this is when they started doing that. Like it was a popular mm-hmm. song. They were like, you, you give off the vibe that we want. So thank you for being a friend. Written by Andrew Gold, who originally performed it. But mm-hmm. the Golden Girls has a cover by Cynthia Fee. And that's the one everyone knows. I'm not well, gonna they recorded it for thing. that. Yeah. I don't know if she recorded it for it. I think they, I think that they did. I think they said we want a, a new recording of this and had her do it. Um, if I'm, I can look it up. Yeah, because I'm kind of interested to in hearing the original. I know I have at one point, and it was weird, but it wasn't like it didn't stick with me. But I know also the cover f- that they had for um, Golden Palace, which they re-recorded it. Um, and they used the same song for the for Golden the... Palace. Yeah. But they re-recorded it with with somebody else. Um, I think from what I found, it was recorded specifically to serve as the theme song for Golden Girls. And then they re-recorded it specifically for the, the Golden Palace. But what's interesting, and I don't know if it's because of this or not, but, and, you know, I've had some free time since Betty White passed away. So I've been looking and reading things. And I actually watched... Um, I started watching Golden Palace because I hadn't seen all of it and it was they you couldn't find it because it's not very good. But they brought it back <laughs> onto streaming after that. Um but it was Gold uh Golden Girls was NBC, Golden Palace was CBS. 
So it might've had to do with the rights to the music, or they just wanted a refresh on the song, which probably that, might be but it was both. also like, uh, yeah. So I think that they did both of those covers expressly for that purpose. Um, do we want to listen to any I of those list, three? I want to listen to the original Great. right now. Hi there, future John here. I realized I didn't want to include this one because it's technically not a theme song. So if you wanted to pause the podcast, do it right now, listen to the song, and then come back. So welcome back after you did that and listen to the song. And here we go. We're going to talk about it now. All right, so I uh, we only listened yeah. to under a minute because it's a four and a half right. minute long song. I have to say, though, because the Cynthia Fee one is so in the lexicon of yeah. pop culture, it feels like this is a cover. It does. Um, and it's so interesting. And what's also what's also interesting about it, too, is, um, you know, they're like there's a chunk in there that it's like, ooh, new lyrics. But they I mean, they cut it because you had to cut out a chunk to make it fit. So they like, mm-hmm. you know, how the verse has two loops there, but there was only one loop in the in the theme song, which is also something that we will see is a very common thing to happen in theme songs. When they use other songs, they do cuts because you can't have a minute of theme credit. It has to be less than that. Yeah, which um, is. Which I uh, I I want to bounce bounce ahead a decade for a little bit to the um, the Gilmore Girls. Where they uh-huh. use Carol Kane's um, "Thank You for Being a Friend." Nope, that's this song. <laughs> they use uh, "Will You Lead, I Will Follow." I believe that's the name of the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I didn't look it up because nobody suggested it, but again we're playing off the vibe because like yeah. they're not written for the show they are right. pop pop songs that the show then makes it its own yeah. um you know edits things around takes out lyrics here and there to yeah. make make the song fit the the premise of the show yeah where do we want to go we got a few we got it we have well okay let's do saved by say the it. bell next because that's oh yeah that one, we're getting into more the theme song playing off of pop music. Mm-hmm. It's a sweet blend that never happens these days. Mm. I feel like where, you know, the theme song itself written by Scott Gale is playing off of pop music at the time. You know, so we have like heavy synth. We have mm. uh, other types of music happening i'm pulling shit out of my ass right now please confirm or deny anything I'm no saying. i'm formulating thoughts or listen you know i know what you mean and i mean it's it's also because it's tough because if you think about like today's shows theme songs aren't really as like i don't know they go they go in and out of being important because also because things are streaming people you know frequently cut them but it's also like like uh i mean it depends on the show because it's like i was watching girls five eva and of course they use a song from them to introduce themselves because it's like you know introducing the girls group and it's like you know so they wrote something so it makes sense for that but it's also like what became more popular at least for a while if you think of things like the office and parks and rec and um 30 rock and like the stuff that was in like the 2010s and 2000s and 2010s like that's kind of that bridging that gap around then that was all themed tunes without lyrics 
Um, and it was like, you would have little yeah. snippets of the show, which is like what the golden girls did too, where they used like footage, you know, and it's what, like what a lot of shows will do. They'll use footage from the show to like introduce the characters and like, you know, put in the credits and that sort of thing. Um, whereas if you think about stuff like, you know, it, I feel like there's a lot more creative freedom today and it is much more conceived together. Like you end up with something like only murders in the building and they like, I think they wrote that piece of music for that, but it feels very podcasty, um, mm-hmm. which is what the show's about, but it's another animated one where it's like, you know, it, or, or something like American horror story where they change it slightly every season to yeah. kind of go with what the theme is yeah. of the season yeah it's i get but you get the same um right noises the bong yeah those things or like archer um it's uh, archer is a good example like they keep that that same theme song very similar for a long time and then they had that you know when he was in the coma for like a few seasons and they maybe i don't know if you've watched archer but like it's and bobs um yeah but there's a this whole run of i think it was three i don't think it was four anyway there's like he goes into a coma at the end of one season and then i don't know if it was because the writers were like we need a break or it's like a what if or whatever but they did three whole seasons of like different feet like coma dreams where like he was they did one season that was noir and they changed the theme song they kept the tune they kept the same music but they reorchestrated it to feel like a noir and then they did one where he was like on a on a they were on like a an island like a you know tropical island um vaguely polynesian and it was set in world war ii um so i think it was one of the polynesian islands um but i think it might have been a fake one anyway then they sort of changed the that music to fit that and then they did one where they were in space um and you know they were like this it was sort of like a riff off firefly basically so they like did a um you know they changed it and made it like a space sounding theme song and then you know they went back to their original one but it's like you know when these theme songs are on for so long um and we haven't even talked about doctor who um, but anyway, 80s. I don't know if you want to go to the 80s. You know what? I feel like we're we're at we're at the time now where I I wanted to at least express emphasis on the past because yes. that's where everything's gonna be based off of. So I feel like now we can just bounce around to wherever. Sure. Well, so you wanted to talk about Full House and Family Matters, which is interesting because those were written by the same duo. Yeah. Jesse Frederick and Bennett Salve? Mm-hmm. Sal- Sal- Salava? I nope, nope. We're gonna we're gonna Bennett. Cool. Bennett. <laughs> um, do you wanna play them? Yeah, so they have credited on their Wikipedia. They have three major shows. They have Everywhere You Look from Full House, As Days Go By but for Family Matters, and Nothing's Gonna Stop Me Now from Perfect Strangers. We're going to start with the Full House theme song from season one. Somebody tell me, please, this old world 
And now season one of Family Matters. It's a rare condition this day and age to read any good news on the newspaper page. And love and tradition of the grand design, some people say, is even harder to find. Well, then there must be some magic clue inside these gentle walls. Cause all I see is a tower of dreams, real love bursting out of every scene. And last but not least, Perfect Strangers. Sometimes the world looks perfect, nothing to rearrange. Sometimes you just get a feeling like you need some kind of change. It's interesting. I mean, I have not 
I have neither seen that show nor heard that song before um, for Perfect Strangers, but the other two I know, you know. But it still are, feels are like brain. you can tell the same people wrote all three of them. Yeah. Because yeah. they, they love their instrumentation. They all love, I mean, they're all in the 80s, 90s, 80s, 90s around there where it's still electric guitar, guitar, synthesizer. Yeah. They're using similar instruments, but they each have a different tone to them they do um and i mean they all start differently um you know the family matters one also starts at that sort of jazzy piano lick and has the piano sort of in there and you can kind of you know you can so they they sort of put a little bit of a stamp of each show on each on each one on each theme song they also you know i mean i don't know if this started in the 80s or not but there's also this feeling of like that commercial aspect of it where it's sort of like they're writing a song that could be a single that could be something that you hear you know and it's like with the golden girls they found one you know and so it's like you know they have to cut it down a little bit um and with these they're you know composed for this purpose i believe but they end up they do feel like you know they would be a single or something you know and it's sort of this is the whole thing with like the animated movies where it's like, you have the, you know, you have the actual, the actual song sung in the movie. And then, you know, the pop single version with, you know, Demi Lovato like, singing or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, I don't know if, I don't know if that started in the nineties or the eighties, but I know that like a lot of the old Disney movies had that where they had like the pop, you know, the, like the redoing of, um, tale as old as time you know where that that stuff kind of was trying to fill the slot of a theme song um for the movie because you can't have a theme song for a musical in that sense like look at frozen Um, right yeah or Or, you know currently in canto yeah because we don't talk about bruno we don't talk about we don't talk about bruno we do not Um, but um, everybody should have been talking about bruno that's bringing up frozen yes i kind of kind of want to segue into um, another song written that Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez wrote, which is Agatha All Along. Oh, we're oh we're gonna oh we're, we're gonna doing jump it. all we're, the way up we're, there. We're okay. doing it. Um, all right, let's they, have a whole podcast on this one song. Okay. Oh God, <laughs> it. I mean, I don't know if they knew that they wrote yet another bop because they had that, to have known that I mean, song they're smart. exploded everywhere and it's still like i mean it was it was very 2021 but it's still to this day as of this recording still being used on the social medias and you know social on media on the tiktoks you know tiktok um is currently obsessed with Encanto which rightfully so, but like you still, every once in a while, we'll see an Agatha all along new video. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, okay. You're, yeah. you're holding this test of time of current pop culture. Yeah. And it has to be said that, and I feel let's listen to it. Let's listen to it. You haven't even heard. 
The thing with um, Agatha all along and WandaVision, (sighs) I should say, is that they're a great example of like looking to the past for a modern show where Mm. the show itself is paying homage to older sitcoms. And so the WandaVision theme song had to change every episode. Yeah. And not only was it like throwing, you know, like, you know, like homage to older sitcoms, but it was very specific sitcoms, Um, you know, and, and each one, you know, because it was bewitched and then it was, you know, it's like, it was, it was choosing very specific sitcoms and the Brady Bunch, you know, and like, so they, so they they took the same. Yeah. And they took the same tune. It was sort of like what I was talking about with Archer, where they like took the same tune and just reorchestrated it and sort of rewrote it, you know, and like did variations on it. And, you know, it was, it was all very, it was all very much the same thing, except for Agatha all along, which is its own beast. And I, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I wish out there somewhere there was the two and a half to three minute version of this full length song just so that we could have more of it but at the same time i'm glad that we only have as much of it as we do because it's perfect um it's, it's the perfect minute. synthesis of composing for me i just love it it's a master class because it's like we've been setting up this and it's so smart about like when it comes to because every you know every time we get like a slightly tweaked wandavision theme song and we move into something else we're totally on board with the fact that each like redo is like homage to a very specific show mm-hmm. and then you end up with agatha all along which is a you know it sort of revisits all of them but it's very much a throw throwback to the witchy witchy monsters and like adam's family and you know exactly what you're listening to right away with that barry sax and it's like you know because that it puts you right in that time period that like it it just gets you it snaps you right into that moment and it's like they follow all the right rules of parody writing and like you know like rhyming and humor like it's just um it's just so well written and the Um, interesting fact so not to delve too deeply into wandavision because that's a whole separate podcast the episode that that happens i believe is supposed to be when they're in like the 90s or early 2000s the episode that that happens i'm pretty sure is actually it's when they're doing modern family um, yeah. Okay. So early two thousands. So the yeah. fact, the fact though that they slap us in the face with this song that came out of nowhere, and yeah. we're so grateful for it. But like, they are also are like, nope, we're going back to like episode one with this little ditty here. We're going to the fifties, and you're gonna love it. And we did. Yeah. We did. We are. <laughs> yeah yeah well and it's also like the monsters paved th- and adam's family and stuff like that paved the way for you know things like bewitched you know because i'm pretty sure they predated bewitched um which is the first episode that we start with because we start with i love lucy dick van dyke and bewitched that's what the first episode is it's a combination of those yes. um and i th- 
feel like the monsters was either it was exactly this, the same time or I feel like it was earlier. The monsters happened after I Love Lucy, but around the same time as Bewitched. Great. Okay. I can't find out who did the theme song of it because I know who did Adam's Family. It was um, Jack composed Marshall. by Jack Marshall, and it was just it was one of those ones that was composed for the show. That's um, interesting. He's a name that hasn't come up yet. So the fact that they're paying homage to two different composers is what's yeah. what's interesting because I thought it was all the same person. Vic Mizzy did the Adams Family, so he's the one that did the snaps, and the Munsters yeah. is. Uh, Jack Marshall. Yeah. And so, oh God, the yeah. fucking, well, the, the Lopez's deserve every EGOT that they get. Right. And I mean, it's that because it's also, it's a show that was, because the Munsters was written as a parody of like Leave it to Beaver and monster movies and all of that kind of stuff. So it just kind of, it layers on itself so many times. Um, and then also this has nothing to do with the theme song, but it has to be said out loud for those who may not have ca- caught it for WandaVision um that the the house that that um that agatha lives in is the house from bewitched um with some slight tweaks but it is it's the it it like it's the house um obviously not the real building but like it's the same house same structure um with some different like landscaping and um like touches but it's that house so anyway that's fun um no, it's just, it's like, you know, it's a theme song because some of these theme songs have had cultural moments. And this is one that like, it's not even the main theme song of the show. And it had, it like had an instant cultural moment. It was like overnight because it also yes. speaks to queerness. And Catherine Hahn is like, whether or not she knows that she's like a queer icon. Um, and she was before this. I've been a fan of Catherine Hahn for a long time. Um, and I think she, because it's just, she's, she's very much herself and she's also so perfect in everything that she does. Like, for example, one of my favorite things is her little, her little run on Parks and Rec again. Um, she's just so funny because she gets, she delivers that line that like, it's been showing up in memes lately too, where it's like the, and you know, it's when she's talking to, to, I think she's talking to Ben or she's either talking to Ben or Leslie, but she says like, you can trust me because I don't care about you enough to lie you know and it's like um she's just so funny and she was you know because she's in anchorman i think maybe that was the first time that it became aware of Catherine hahn but i think what's like so smart entity. about agatha all along is that they're bringing it back to even like the brady bunch where it's yeah. she's performing it yeah and so it's very it's very rare in shows that you have your stars performing the theme song <laughs> unless yeah they're a singer and even then it can feel kind of awkward because like um, let's go let, let's go into the 90s for a hot second yeah fresh prince of bel-air yeah like, that's will smith he wrote it um yeah. with uh jeffrey towns yeah Jazzy, dj jazzy jeff for those of you who DJ don't know jazzy jeff so it's great that like he's the one that's performing it because he's giving you his character's backstory as well as like the sort of autobiographicalness of the show that is not really, but like, like, you know, the, the fact that he's a performer and you're getting that as well as the whole story. Yeah. You know, like why this show was happening. Right. And it was, you know, something that was conceived all 
all as a piece, you know, it wasn't mm. written before or after, or, you know, it was like, it's obviously for that. And, you know, also talking about Jesus, I mean, things that, you know, in terms of like, like how pervasive it is in the culture, like, you know, it's one of those things that almost everybody knows what it is. And to the point where like, there was the whole Bel Airing thing that was that trend, um, you know, for a while where you just like are telling a story or writing a long email and you just slowly transition into the lyrics from that thing from the theme song um from fresh but, prince um, but also another show from the 90s that the song was written for the show but reached like popular critical acclaim and everything was i'll be there for you from friends yes and this is another one that i know a tiny bit about too um but there was a it was originally they were going to use a song from rem that was a, a pre-existing song but they said no. So the Rembrandts were coerced into doing it because they were like, it was another thing where they, you know, this time it's not a composer, but they were under contract um, through the music division. So they had them do this song. And then they like, yeah, I don't know if you have this experience when you listen to it, but when I listen to it, it's like you hear the the beginning part, the verse in the chorus, which is what it was originally written. They wrote one verse and one chorus. And then if you listen to the whole song, there's just that moment after that where it switches into verse two and it's like, oh, we're in a different, like the feel switches of the song. I don't know if you want to listen to listen to the full song to, sh- I can show you what I mean. But like, that's when it started being written by somebody else. Like the Rembrandts wrote the rest of the song, I think. Um, uh, so but they didn't write the first part. I, I found that the song was written by the creators. Yeah, this is again another time when the creators are writing this song. So David Crane, Marta Kaufman, Michael Skloff, and Ali Willis—I hope mm-hmm. I'm pronouncing their those names correctly—wrote the song. But I want to—I think I want to listen to. So you're saying verse two is like somebody else wrote it? Yeah, go start with the verse one and the the chorus that we sort of know, and then see how you feel when we get out of that into the rest of the song. This is another instance where, hi, me, future John here, am giving you an assignment. You go listen to it. It's on YouTube. Okay, bye! Yeah. It, 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 feels, it feels different. feels different, but it's giving you the same... Yeah. Like, vibe as this is being 20-something in New York at the time, yeah. which yeah. is what they were going for. But I think it also should be noted and talked about that the music video is with the cast of Friends. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're doing they're doing a very old... Um, not very old. They're doing, like, a sort of homage to, like, when the Beatles were on... Um, that Sullivan show or like a band was on like a, a program like that, where they're in a studio filming it, but like the cast members are dicking around the whole time. And yeah. so it's very interesting. Cause like, I, I wonder why they didn't use that as the theme song or theme of the opening credits to Friends. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting. Um, I don't know. I mean, it uh, It also probably depends on the, because I don't know the timeline really well about how all of this happened, because I, I do know that later, like, I know that they wrote the rest of it, like the second verse in the bridge and stuff, the band did after, but oh. I don't know, like, yeah. So because the, the, the originally the creators only wrote one verse and one chorus, but then the Rembrandts 
went on and wrote the rest of it. Um, so, or well, I mean, they wrote, they obviously used the same chorus, but they like wrote another verse in a bridge to make it a full song because it was, you know, it's like, I mean, how would you feel about being a band? You know, cause it's like, if you put it, if you put yourself in their shoes where it's like, so we have to record this thing, do all of this thing and we don't even get a whole song out of it. Let's just make it a whole song. You know, it's like, that makes sense to me. I want to talk now about John Williams. Let's talk about John Williams. John Williams has had a really long career writing for movies and Mm -hmm. he has come up with basically all the theme songs for (laughs) for characters and franchises so we've Mm -hmm. got Hedwig's theme which is from Harry Potter that everyone knows it so I'm not going to play it for us um he also did little things for, I don't know, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Jurassic Park, uh, basically Steven Spielberg. And yeah, just like a few things, you know. Just a few, just a few things here and there. But like him and also other composer, Hans Zimmer, who has done a shit ton of stuff that I, I can't list off the top of my head, but I know that. Right. He, he's another one. Yeah. He's another one. It's fascinating that they stick true to orchestral things, but they make it sound modern and fresh. Right. You know, like you can, um, you, I know that there are not memes, but like videos of people doing mashups of John Williams and putting everything on top of it or like repurposing one score to a different movie. But the man is a fucking genius. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, it does, it does split that line. Uh, and like, you know, it's, it's not like it, let's not pretend like it's just him. It's tough because it's when it's music, I feel like it's easier to call out. But it's like actors and directors and artists where it's like some of it is like, this is great, but it's not a departure from what you've done. But it's almost like what's interesting is we like expect that of musicians in a different way than artists. Because it's like, you know, when an artist paints something in a style, but they paint a different subject, but in the same style. You know, it's like sort of similar when you're a composer and it's like you write something in the same style, but a different tune. People are like, oh, it sounds the same. Or it's like if you write the same tune, but in a totally different style, then it's like, oh, you know, and it's like, well, then how do you develop a voice? It's, you know, it's an interesting position to be in. Um, but that's, a, that's the thing, at least with John Williams, I can't speak for any. I don't want to speak for any other composer right now. Like, yeah. you know, when it's a John Williams score, but yes. they don't. He de- he's not like a lot of other composers where he uses the same songs. They're all very different. Yeah. Like the like the Jurassic Park theme song versus Hedwig's theme. Same right. person, so different though. I am one of the people where it's like, I will listen with a critical ear to him sometimes. Anyway, I don't need to play it because we're not playing Hedwig's theme. But like there's part of Harry Potter that is the da 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 mm-hmm. you know that. But Da, 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 is in hook earlier in the 90s and he used it and i mean like i love that phrase but it's like basically ripped but it's when you're ripping it from yourself is it really a crime i don't think so i don't know um that's, i don't know that's a weird thing too because i think you can't copyright music composition can you yeah like a sound you can copyright a sound wait a sound what do you mean like a tune yeah so like Oh, that I don't know the answer to, actually. Um, I don't know if you 
I think you can make it, this is where it's like, I don't think you technically can, but people can make a case for the fact that you can. It's why you hear about all these cases, you know, uh, and there've been a, a few of them a lot, you know, in the recent history where it's like, somebody will say, oh, you stole that from me. But it's like, they didn't, you know, you listen to them. It's like, oh, well, I can hear how that's the same beat, but it's like, how do you copyright a beat? Or it's like, you know, somebody was saying that they stole the song, like they that the Anderson Lopez stole the "Let It Go" theme from like another. I forget who it was, but it was like there were some similar thematic things, and like the melody did something, in but it's like not stolen. And it's also, you know, when you get into things like this, especially something that's supposed to be directly evocative, like a like a, a score there's only so many things you can do, you know, it's like these, it's like this chord change means this to people. It's like when you're watching a movie, it's like you expect to have this particular kind of cadence in music. And, you know, most people aren't necessarily, unless they're like musicians and they know what it, you know, like what a cadence is and like what that, what that means, they might not be aware of that, but it's like, there's a certain resolution and it's like, you, like a minor sixth is what you always hear when it's like something sad or like a, you know, a lover's thing or like a suspended four chord that resolves to a major chord is like, that's tension, you know? And it's like, um, or not tension, but it's like, I don't know. Um, but anyway, there's all of these things and like, you know, that people will use, but you can only use them in so many different ways because there's, you know, there is, you know, on one hand, infinite combinations of how to use the 88 keys on a piano, but of course there isn't, you know, there's a lot. Right. But it's not infinite um, because I don't, yeah, I don't know the answer, but I think if somebody took you to court, they could say, yes, you stole that from me and you have to pay me for it if they copyright that piece of music, but you know, it's also interesting how things change with the times because it's like, you know, if we're talking about in the time of like, you know, classical music or romantic music, you know, composers would do variations on a theme all the time. And that's something that we don't see quite as much anymore, at least in, you know, mainstream music. Um, Or at least uh, in musical theater where you can listen to a composer's discography and be like that sounds similar to this show or that song is from this other song so um it's just interesting everyone steals yeah (laughs) they call it they call it sampling these days but sampling you wanted to talk about uh doctor who oh i just needed to mention doctor who because that's (laughs) another example of and i mean we could pull up and listen to some of those um but it's like every once in a while they sort of do a refresh on the theme but it's it's been the same basic theme the whole time since the 60s it's you know an incredibly long running show and it's always like and then you know and it's but like they redo it i don't i think they sort of redo it at least now they redo it every time there's a new doctor i don't know if in the 60s 70s and 80s they redid it every time but i know they redid them and it's like they change the way that it sounds it's always kind of synthy but it's like sometimes it's like you know they redo it and it's very sounds very warlike or it you know it sounds very you know 80s you know or like they just kind of redo how the, the that theme song goes but it's always there's always you were talking about like iconic sounds it's like the TARDIS whooshing is like you know you can't escape that sound if you and I don't, you know if you haven't seen the show you don't know what it is but it's like that theme song is one of an example of like one of the ones where it's like 
incredibly iconic hasn't changed very you know it has changed but um it it gets modified as time goes on because you can't use the same theme song from 1960 you know the late 1960s as you can now but it's the same music just redone i mean that's kind of what we when we talked about snl where it's the same music but like they alter it ever so slightly to go with the times yeah so do you think though with doctor who they go with the theme of like the series the seasons the new doctor Um, or is it that i i mean maybe but it's so frequent that they, you know, like you don't know who the doctor is yet. You know, it's like, you have to figure out who they are for a while first. May They might, but I think, you know, it's kind of hard to say like what they're focusing on and, and, you know, like what they pick up on for each one. I feel like they probably, it's about setting a new tone for, you know, and that's one of those ones where it's like, there, there are no lyrics. Hopefully there never will be, you know, it's, it's just like, it's like this, it is what it is. And it's this short little thing for while well, the credits are happening. You know, anyway, um, it's like, it's, but it, it really does. It's, it sets a vibe, you know, that's like inescapable. I don't know. And it's comforting. Especially, I feel like these days, well, starting in like the early 2000s, if it wasn't a cartoon, like if it's a live action show, I feel like there weren't a lot of theme songs. No, they went, they went for like the, they went back to the sort of like orchestrated thing to be played while there's just like snippets of people or either, or it's the famous songs songs, or like, yeah. yeah. Because, right. like, I'm thinking um, of the song in Charmed, where that's an I was just song. thinking about Charmed. <laughs> it's an actual song, but, like, they started off without the lyrics. Like, they stripped the lyrics from it, but then they put in the lyrics to it later. Because I think it's season one. I don't know how many seasons, but I think that it starts out where they don't have any lyrics in it. And then they put in the lyrics to it later. If I, I remember know. correctly. I have no idea, to tell you the um, truth. But, like, then, then we have also... I know it's, uh, well, that show started in the 90s. And another 90s show is Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where it doesn't have lyrics, but it gives you, you know, this isn't, this is this is the cool show, you know, where yeah. we're doing rock and roll <laughs> and yeah. And that yeah. song, I don't think it changed in the seven seasons. I don't think it did either. I don't so, remember. Which is, which is fascinating. Would you want it to change though? oh that's tough it's so because icon- sometimes i mean now we look it's back like, and it's so iconic and you're like i don't i don't want it to change but yeah it's like disconcerting when you know i don't know for me i get disconcerted when a show changes their theme song unless it's one that like already has that built in where it's like again for doctor who it makes sense and then for archer it made sense but it's like if Bob's Burgers changed their theme song, I don't know what I would do, but like they did make tweaks to it because I, you know, when you go back and you watch like season, the earliest seasons of it, it's the same kind of idea, but they like refreshed it and brightened it up and added some stuff at some point. Or like changed um, but it's, the line here and there. Well, I mean, the music has stayed basically the same um, from what I can tell for a long time um, in the right. theme song. And then, you know, of course they, they reanimate every time the, you know, the bugs in the store next to it. Um, but you know, it's like, 
when you change the theme song, it is it it's interesting because it really is it's a signal to people who have been watching the show that something is different, you know? Um, so just shouldn't be done lightly. Well, with something like Dr. Who American horror story where it changes or it changes every so often, if not every season. Yeah. Um, it does make sense to yeah. change yeah, it up. Cause you're signaling bit. a change. Right. Yeah. You know, add add a little th- more theremin or something to make it more sci-fi <laughs> or whatever something you don't hear every day but i think we should it's just like uh i need a little more theremin and, uh, more theremin fuck more the cowbell theremin, please <laughs> you know that was almost my one of my early i don't know if uh if you or the the listeners out there had like there's like legitimate pandemic projects and then there's the like I'm maybe I'm sort of losing my mind a little bit pandemic project, you know, where it's like <laughs> mine was, I'm going to order a theremin and I'm going to be really good at it. I'm going to learn it because I've always kind of wanted to learn the theremin ever since like I was doing a tour of, uh, I was touring a Shakespeare show years ago and um, we did a stop at like a, we did a performance at an, a, an old movie theater in a town in upstate New York somewhere um but they it was like an old building that was like an old performance hall but they also now they would still lower the screen and show movies and it was obvious that it had been like a vaudeville touring hall and they that they used it for like all sorts of weird performances because there were instruments and stuff backstage and there was a theremin back there and i like refused to not let that like i made them let me plug it in and play it in between our performances because we had a matinee in an evening and i like taught myself how to play the of all things the imperial march from star wars uh if we're talking about iconic theme tunes um john williams well because it was also easy to be like uh, i mean you can't see what i'm doing with my hands but it was like easy to like muscle memory know where i had to do it it's a it's a weird instrument um i made you use it yeah for for uh, if you listen to any horror-based movie deja vu episodes, you'll hear a theremin on there. Um, and I'm surprised that I knew what that... I had to look up the name <laughs> of it. Like, I, like everyone else, know the instrument, like, the sound of it. I just didn't remember the name of it. Yeah. But uh, we've bounced around a lot, I have to say. Is there anyone yeah. that you wanted to talk about that we didn't get to talk about? I mean... I see. I feel I feel bad too. I I started like thanking people left and right. So I'm just gonna while you ponder, I'm just gonna thank the following people for submitting something, whether or not we talked about it. And that is uh, Jamie Angel Gerbino, Lauren Gismondi, uh, Shady. Um, we've got Ariana Armand, who I don't think we touched any of your stuff. I'm sorry. Uh, the Ryan Rosetto on Instagram. He suggested the Itchy and Scratchy show, mm. which I don't know Simpsons at all. I've never watched that show. So I don't know. Do you, let's let's actually, you know, take a listen to it because I'm, I'm kind of intrigued. Yeah. And I mean, the Simpsons is a good one to talk about, too, because they they're another one where they have, you know, it's just scored, but it is an animated uh, intro, which introduces you to everybody. And we, um, the only word that we get is the Simpsons. The Simpsons. 
but it's an, an incredibly iconic tune. And that's the whole point of a theme song is that you can hear a tune and think of the show. Um, Apparently the itchy and scratchy show. Oh yeah. I did write that down. Um, there are numerous versions of the theme song. <laughs> uh, original originally was written by Sam Simon and the final versions lyrics were written by David S. Cohen. So let's take a listen. say it's it's interesting listening to that because they they also pay homage to like looney tunes yeah it's i mean it's because it's you know tom and jerry um yeah and um but it also kind of sounds like the tiny tunes theme song hmm. in a way yeah which i don't know if you've ever heard of that one you know what i'm talking yeah. about tiny tunes yeah i feel like um animated shows intro theme songs are probably the hardest ones to write for because like you know they're not always the same cartoons are usually don't have like episodic structures i feel like i mean i'm making bold statements right now saying that but um especially like in the 90s or like hanna barbera cartoons or looney tunes like they weren't they weren't having a through line like you didn't you didn't need yeah. to know like important plot points like they were right. just it was it was just right and you know things like teen you know like teenage mutant ninja turtles teenage mutant ninja Tur- i mean we got to talk about that for a second you know because it's like that you know turtle in a half shell turtle power like every every kid growing up in the 80s knows that song um or even like, scooby-doo or scooby-doo yeah but then you end up with something like, let's say this out loud, Gargoyles, if we all recall the show oh, Gargoyles. Christ. That was a show where it's like every time the theme song happened, they were like giving you a recap of what of like the world you were in. And, like you know, it was sort of like some of that old tradition of like giving you the recap of the world so that you don't have to wonder what the hell you're watching um, because it is relatively unclear. But like that Gargoyles theme song was like, you know yeah like i uh, i also you know i also feel like uh the fairly odd parents are do the same do the same thing where you're getting into the world uh and you're getting the basic premise of the show but like there's sometimes they're they do epi- episode arcs but they're not necessarily like a season yeah a seasonal arc so you yeah. had to get in like the basic premise as to why this is happening. And it, because it, you know, it wouldn't necessarily just be covered only by visual storytelling. You'd need a little bit of something to like, you know, bring it through. Whereas um, something like SpongeBob SquarePants theme song is just people shouting his name. You don't really get any other information besides that. So, but do you need any other information besides that is the question no. um that show is so episodic that it doesn't right. matter yeah um i was listening people i oh sorry I yeah made, you i made it i made a break so uh also thank you to taryn schmidt mallory trunell who was a, 
uh, a past guest on here. And uh, at Colonial C, uh, he suggested Ted Lasso. I've never seen that. So let's, I guess let's have a listen to Ted Lasso for a second. Sure. Considering it's the most recent one yeah. on this list. One last time, please pause the podcast and listen to the full song. It is two minutes and 17 seconds long on YouTube. This episode is already running super long, and I didn't want to include it. So sorry, but pause now, and welcome back. Did you Do you know who wrote this? No, who wrote it? Tom Howe and Marcus Mumford from Mumford and Sons. So if you're wondering why it sounds like a Mumford and Sons Mumford and Sons song, that's why. why. But yeah, yeah again, we're <laughs> it's so fascinating TV shows these days where the theme songs either are non-existent cuz you know, it's all streaming and things like that and you people skip over it or it's either just orchestral or a pop song. Like <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, it, what's, I think we've gotten to the point in, in the consuming of media where it's like people choose the kind of theme song to indicate what you're about to see. So it's like, if you were just watching TV and then you saw one where it was like this kind of a theme song, then you would know what kind of a show you're in for, you know? So it's like, because it's so referential where it's like, if you get one that's explaining you know the world every time you're like oh it's going to be a sitcom if it's one that's sort of like that where it's like vibe setting you know so you kind of get what you're what you're in for um but then you have some weirdness with something like avatar the last airbender where it's a cartoon right primarily for kids i will say but you know a lot of a lot of us adults watch it and they don't really they do have a theme song if you really listen to it but it's again over narration yeah or you know one of the other ones that was written in about i know was game of thrones and i mean that's an example of like one that just doesn't change and doesn't need to and it does a really good job of setting the tone of you know what you're in because it doesn't use anything that is identifiably contemporary or modern i mean like these instruments, if you're if you're gonna set Game of Thrones in vague medieval England, which let's be honest, it is, um, because people in the north have like you know northern accent, you know. Anyway, um, it's it's England. So uh, spoiler alert, but like you know they didn't have the the obviously these modern instruments, the cello and stuff. But like obviously that doesn't matter. But it would be weird to have that show with like a you know a rock song or like you know and it was it's interesting it's like uh i've seen out there like talking about theme songs where it's like what the show would like there was one that was like if game of thrones had the theme credits of like xena or like or or hercules like those shows from the painfully 90s like fantasy shows where it's like these kind of very anachronistic music where it sounds like 90s or 80s rock songs and it's like they're cheeky and you know it's like showing like a look from one of the characters like panning you know like you know panning um mugging to the camera or you know it's like that kind of thing and it's like it really does it's an example of like oh if it had that theme song 
I would feel totally differently about the show, but of course it wouldn't because it's not that show, but like it would make such a difference if the game of, if game of Thrones had a, like a rock song, you know, or something that was totally different, even if it was very serious or if it was like, like picture this something that it could all pitch. It's it's Sicily in 1922. Um, And the show game of Thrones is on. However, you have an Evanescence song starting off Game of Thrones, because I would argue that because of Evanescence is like, I don't know if you want to say mythology, but like the, the vibe that Evanescence gives off, it kind of works for like fantasy, you know, Gothic kind of dragons and things, but it still would, it would feel weird to have that be the theme song for Game of Thrones when it was made, you know? Hmm. But if that show, if Game of Thrones was made in the same way in the 90s or the early 2000s, it might have had an Evanescence song as its credits. True, true, true. You know? Which, um, which do you prefer these days? Do you prefer like an original oh, composition? I always prefer original compositions, um, to be honest. And part of that is the snooty, annoying, elitist point of view of a, somebody who writes and gets paid for it. You know, because it's like jingles, you, you know, it, it's a whole thing, you know, it's, it's an art form, it's a business, it's an industry, you know, like writing commercial music, writing stuff like that, it sort of fits in there. And now that, you know, it's just like bad covers or good covers or actual straight up songs that people are just throwing in, instead of having somebody write the music for it, it just kind of sucks because it's like all these composers are losing this work. And it also, it's lazy and, you know, it's like, give me something that feels created. I don't know. You know, where it's like, you get a Dodge truck commercial and it's like, you know, sweet home Alabama. It's like, okay, well, I mean, I guess that's who you're selling to, but it's like, it would be just, I don't know, just write it, you know? So anyway, or the ones that I hate are like the Ozempic commercials. God, I hate that. Um, I hope nobody from Ozempic is listening to this and is going to come after me. That's my but entire like, fan base. Oh, Ozempic. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I guess we're doing the corporate training videos for Ozempic right now. Um, but they have that. Oh, 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 oh. It's, they're doing. Oh, 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 it's magic, which is uh, not like it's a precious song to me, but it's just like they do. Oh, 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 Ozempic. And it's just like it makes me angry. Like disproportionately so. I will acknowledge that. That like I know yeah. that that's weird to get angry about. However, it does. It just makes me mad. We haven't really um, talked about commercial jingles because that's um, that's a whole other bag. But it's a, a similar bag. Stick. It's yeah, because you know, bag. you know, they want to make it hummable, yeah. which I feel like is the same with the theme songs for television shows, where like you yeah. want to know that your audience is in with you. Yeah. But yeah, is there any? So, is there anything else though that you want to like talk about? We've we've got we've run through the decade. Yeah. Um, I know there's a lot. Thank you to all that wrote in. I know that we haven't covered everything, um, and we, you know, but like there's a lot to talk about because jingles and theme songs are everywhere. Hell, this podcast has five, (laughs) I think. that's true six i don't know i don't know how many wrote for this one alone um oh i mean this has got tiny little jingles it's got, in little, there. It's got little things here and there but like you little know, things you, you, i mean yeah. my favorite so far was the the 
or the orchestral that's, retelling that's... of this of this theme song. That was fun. Um, <laughs> that is at the beginning of this episode yeah. that you don't that oh you didn't hear. Yeah, surprise. Did it get used? Before, I forget. Did it get used before this? Or yes. Was it just for this. Yeah, yes, it did. It's yeah. my milestone one. Yeah, it's your milestone one. Yeah. yeah. So the milestone one. <laughs> I mean, and that you know, just to like teachable moment that's exactly the same idea as like these songs the, these other theme songs we're talking about where they take the same tune but they reorchestrate it and tell it in a different way because it is the same song it's the same piece Very, of music yes. i just redid it um i dare everyone to do a comparison compare and contrast it uh but i feel like you know this is a good time to end the conversation wrap it up, wrap it up sure. yeah um, thank you uh, to everyone listening. This is episode 100. Woo! Um, there's also new art that happened by Justin Johnson. Yes. Yeah, it's a new new album artwork that I, I'm going to send it to you. I'm, you're going to see okay. it, right? I'm sending it to you live right now. I'm the first one to see it. Uh, Maybe not. No, no. I'm uh, before you, listeners. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So you can some see. Of you, I don't know. It's still similar. <laughs> Again, it's a similar vibe, but an updated one. So you can see what we're doing. Oh, that's cute. Oh, listeners. Oh, so nice. many Easter but, eggs that are new and different. Yeah. Um, but Nick, where can the good people find you? What do you have to plug or promote? Um, well, the good people can find me on socials. It's like Instagram is at Nick Mabusino. That's sort of the one that I use the most. I mean, I'm on Facebook, same thing. Twitter, I I have a Twitter. I don't use a Twitter, but I have it. Um, and, you know, like website and all that kind of stuff. Um, in terms of projects to plug, I have, I was just in a little while ago, we filmed something for Turn to Flesh Productions that they're going to be releasing. That was um, a, a new adaptation of Orpheus in Eurydice, which is called Orpheus was an a-hole. Um, I actually don't know if they're going to end up saying asshole or not, but we just all called it Orpheus was an a-hole. Um, so I'm in that and that's going to be getting released um, sort of episodically. We shot it sort of like a film, a, a film, but it's, it was a filmed theatrical thing. So they're releasing it by like scenes to be like episodic. Um, so that'll be coming out. Yeah. Um, and that was like my first, project back from the pandemic and i was like i feel so unsafe but so happy but so safe but unsafe and i'm (laughs) everything so um so there's that and then um well that's i mean i'm writing some things we'll just say um i hope to there's a few things that i've been writing that i've used and that have been performed but i've never actually formally formally published so i might be doing some publishing so maybe i'll have some news for you later on that um Hooray. yeah it's very then, upsetting that yeah. you know you this is the first time you're coming on the podcast i've been pestering you for since the beginning well and it doesn't feel like that to me because i've been on the other podcast a couple times so it's like in my head it's like oh yeah no we've podcasted but we, but in my yeah, head but not, I on the, that, not on this i know one. i know they're separate no um you're yeah, coming back well, i'll come back for again. sure yeah no we should yeah we'll find a show to talk we'll about find something. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. um and if you want to talk more about theme songs or you know or agatha all along or if you agatha- want to talk to me about Catherine hahn or agatha all along <laughs> or wandavision me. itself uh you can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com i'm also on facebook instagram and twitter at buttersongpod did we def- 
did we help you define theme songs? Do you, was there one that we missed that you wanted us to talk about that you want to like vent out? Feel free. And also everyone, I don't say this every time, but you know, be sure to like subscribe wherever, write a review, rate it. That'd be fine. Share it with your friends. Share it with everyone. Yes. We usually don't blather on about theme songs this is a <laughs> once in a once in a blue moon it's a milestone so i like i said at the top i break yeah uh, the it was more like a fireside chat like a tea spilling yeah than yeah, anything yeah. else yeah um, and then but we are back with episode 101 with the princess and the frog yes <laughs> disney but Nick, thank you again for finally <laughs> coming on. I know. You're welcome. Thank you for and having me. And this is going to be interesting. So be on the lookout for it. <laughs> when it goes- <laughs> yep. uh, but bye for now, everyone. Bye. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day. <laughs>